Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You heard just before the break there, you and I were discussing one of the unfortunate side effects of COVID-19. Not the side effects of having contracted it, but, you know, the life in which we find ourselves in the world around us and the way we're going about working and how it has had such a negative impact on our ability to, uh, you know, get outside and exercise and move around. And uh, I, I can I can really only speak for myself, uh, but there are some surveys that indicate it might not just be me. Uh, that my my physical fitness has has suffered a great deal. That's my own fault, of course, uh, but my own fault uh, for succumbing to some of the stresses and changes that have come about because of the coronavirus. Jeff Kaplan, as you know, he each day delivers his minute of news. It's something I look forward to each day, and I was reminded just before the break as I was talking about uh, all this, uh, all these sedentary habits that we're picking up in this COVID era. Uh, Jeff Kaplan spent a, a minute talking about uh, something, something described as dead butt syndrome. Here's Jeff Kaplan's minute of news. Do you have a dead butt? Don't laugh. Don't be all shocked. I'm seriously warning you about dead butt syndrome. I like big butts and I cannot lie. It's, it's not funny. Doctors are warning dead butt syndrome is a real condition that comes as a result of spending too much time sitting at a desk in the car. Is that you? Maybe got back. You run the risk that the gluteal medium muscle in your rump will stop working correctly. Big, big booty, but you got a big booty. Oh. Yeah, thanks, J-Lo. Humans are not designed to sit all day long, and for that matter, nor are they designed to run marathons frequently. People with really, really strong quads overuse them, and even they can develop dead butt syndrome, also known as gluteal amnesia. Because you know I'm all about that face, about that face, 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 face. There is a test for dead butt syndrome. It's called the Trendelenburg test. Here's what you do. Stand up. Lift one leg in front of you. If your pelvis dips down on one side of your body... Uh-oh. Dead butt syndrome causes lower back pain, walking problems, and creates a pronounced inability to shake, shake, shake your booty. The answer is to stand up. Turn it up, son. Get out from behind your desk. Stretch your legs. Walk around. Left, 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 right, left. You can avoid this painful medical condition, Ooh. but you have to move. And I'll get the <laughs> end. Jeff Kaplan's Minute of News, only on KSL News Radio.
I don't think I was. I don't, I don't think I was thirty seconds into that before I I got self conscious and nervous about sitting, and so I have since stood up as Jeff Kaplan there delivered to us the the procedure the to self analyze, make sure you are not a sufferer of dead butt syndrome. I was lifting my legs uh, left and right, and I, I think I'm okay. My pelvis didn't turn in, so it looks like it looks like I've been spared. Uh, how about you? How about you? All right, we're gonna move on from that. I, I, before, though, let me just reiterate my invitation. Uh, try something to get the blood pumping. Uh, try something to, to move around. There is much that we are losing, uh, much that we are sacrificing and giving away during this COVID era. There is no reason why our physical fitness should be uh, something that we, that we give away because we don't need to. You can maintain it uh, for free. All right, It costs nothing to run around the streets. All right. This story is about, what, 11 days old now is when the monolith showed up. <clears throat> and how fun was it, right? Uh, I, I first caught wind when I was uh, enjoying my Thanksgiving break with the family. I can remember uh, sharing text messages. The memes started to arise, and there were all these witty things. And it was such a wonderful, beautiful distraction from the nonsense in Washington, the nonsense on the COVID front, the nonsense everywhere. It was a pure, it was an innocent thing, something that gave us... <laughs> Regardless of your uh, of your health, regardless of your political stripe, regardless of anything, it was something that we all were able to laugh about together. The monolith. Where did it come from? How did it get here? What does it mean? Who's responsible? From this world or some other? We didn't know. And then another one appeared across the globe. And then, this past Friday, just as mysteriously as it was discovered, it disappeared. And it was still fun. It was still exciting. It was fun to scroll through your social media and to see the, the funny little memes. And maybe, uh, was it Southwest Airlines decided to get in on the action? <laughs> yeah, the, the monolith looks a lot like one of the gate indicators they have. That was pretty fun. It was a wonderful distraction. Well, there's been a development that has frustrated me and has taken all the fun, all the fun, away from the saga of the monolith, the mystery of the monolith. You see, Friday night, uh, it it disappeared. Friday night, the monolith went away. And as the days have gone by, we have all speculated. Did the aliens come back and retrieve their uh, left-behind probe? Did who knows what? Well, turns out we... Uh, <laughs> the... Those who took away the monolith were from, in fact, this world, not another world. It wasn't an alien craft that landed down here, uh, but rather uh, some some outdoors folks. Yeah, a guy who uh, does something called slacklining. You know what slacklining is? You may have seen it. Uh, there's a lot of it that happens, I see, at, uh, at, at Liberty Park. There'll be these like straps that are pulled tight between two trees, and uh, you know people will balance up on them and jump around. Sometimes do flips. Uh, it's a lot like tightrope walking. Well, there, there's this man named Sylvan Christensen, and he's into this. He's a slackliner, but he does it to the extreme. He'll sometimes connect it between two uh, gorges on some of Utah's public lands, and he'll uh, do some uh, slackline type tightrope walking. He's got an Instagram handle. He does okay. You know, each time he posts, he gets a couple hundred uh, little likes, sometimes eclipsing a thousand, sometimes uh, multiple thousands. 
His most recent post, though, is a video of he and others, uh, again, according to his claims, uh, he and others Friday night toppling the monolith, disassembling it, placing it on a wheelbarrow, it looks, and hauling it away. There was someone there who saw what was going on, snapped a few pictures, uh, revealed that, oh, I'm a witness, and we've heard from that individual. Ross Bernards was his name. An outdoor adventure photographer from Colorado. Uh, He's also, as I said, the guy who watched the fall of the monolith. Yesterday, he told KSL Television's Morgan Wolf uh, what his interaction was with the guys who broke down and took away the monolith. I had asked them, I was like, hey, from my perspective, the reason this happened, you guys took it out, was you saw the damage that was happening out here and the amount of people out in this area that shouldn't be here and you were concerned about it, and that's why you took it out. Is that why? And they're like, yeah, that's absolutely why. Okay, so that was a second-hand account of why they took it. Last night late, I got my hands on a lengthy, uh, dare I say, rambling explanation coming from Sylvan Christensen, the man uh, who, with others, has claimed responsibility for removing the monolith. I want to share with you, I'm going to read verbatim uh, what he sent over, his explanation of things, and I, and I want to get your reaction. Get on the phone now, in fact. Uh, I, I want to hear what your experience has been with this model. Have you enjoyed it? Has it been a welcome distraction? 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK. I'm going to read to you uh, this explanation as to why it was removed. We'll take a break. We'll take then your calls. I want to hear how you respond to the rationale behind the monolith's removal. It says, quote, We removed the Utah monolith because there are clear precedents for how we share and standardize the use of our public lands, natural wildlife, native plants, fresh water sources, and human impacts upon them. The mystery was the infatuation, and we want to use this time to unite people behind the real issues here. We are losing our public lands. Things like this don't help. That's paragraph one. You catch the air of uh, superiority in that? He continues, let's be clear, the dismantling of the Utah monolith is tragic, and if you think we're proud, we're not. We're disappointed. Furthermore, we were too late. We want to make clear that we support art and artists, but legality and ethics have defined standard, especially here in the desert, and absolutely so in adventuring. The ethical failures of the artists for the 24th, uh, 24 equilateral gouge, 24 inch equilateral gouge in the sandstone from the erecting of the Utah monolith was not even close to the damage caused by the internet sensationalism and subsequent reaction from the world. Okay, Karen. Quick break. Your call's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Y- you might think I'm overacting a bit, but I, I don't think so myself. I don't, I don't think that there's anything wrong. With you and I swapping internet memes and maybe taking a drive out to the desert to this remote location to get a glimpse of this cool, mysterious thing which arrived out of nowhere and has has really become something global. A global sense. Nah, that's an overstatement. All right. It's been a fun thing that if you are, you know, if you're entertained by this sort of thing, the monolith has been good fodder for Internet humor and intrigue and mystery. All right. It's been a great thing. It's been a fine, fun, innocent distraction, harmless distraction from all the nonsense that we are enduring right now. We've got an unsettled uh, presidential election. Unsettled. I just have to say that now. He's Joe Biden's the president next up. Right. Also, we've got a pandemic happening. 
And so to laugh and speculate about aliens and mystery and intrigue uh, regarding a chunk of metal found in the middle of nowhere desert here in the state of Utah, that was a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah, until the Crusaders showed up. Mr. Sylvan Christensen, a slackliner. I think it's like a tightrope walker of some sort. Yeah, he and his uh, friends, they took it down and they made it uh, very clear uh, via some statements and videos that they have posted on their uh, respective social media sites, uh, calling attention, I might add, to their own uh, business endeavors. Uh, They're like guides and uh, you can do some skydiving and such like that. Uh, Well, (laughs) on their social medias, uh, they've made it uh, pretty well clear that they were not fans of so many people showing up to catch a glimpse of this monolith. Curious about the about the mystery of it all. Anyway, uh, I put out the question to you. What, what do you think? Are, are they overreacting? Am I overreacting? Uh, have you have you enjoyed this little monolith mystery? I will point out there is still one element of mystery remaining, and that is the we don't know where it came from. We don't know the responsible party. That's the last chapter in this story, uh, and I'm anxious to learn. I'd like to hear from them, too. I'd like to hear how they react uh, to these folks here destroying it, taking it down, hauling it away. Anyway, on the line to weigh in, Brandon from Salt Lake. Brandon, sir, what do you think? You know, I think that uh, he obviously had um, an alternative motive here. I think that he uh, he knew that he'd get a lot of exposure. Knowing, uh, not very many people know his personal name or his story, but we're we're talking about it. And so... I don't think his motive or his intentions are totally true. It's pretty transparent what he was trying to do, and that's just get exposure for himself and get a name for himself. And I I think that there lies in the problem, but it's not the problem with really him. It's probably a lot of people. I think that we're just kind of in a a selfish society, um, me first, let me tell you about me. And, And, like, someone's trying to do something fun or something good, let them be. Let them, you know... Uh, let them enjoy what they're doing. It wasn't hurting anyone. It, there was, and and you're not even the police, so yeah, he, he could he could have certainly let the police handle it. Yeah, you, you make a great point. Uh, no one deputized he nor his uh, Confederates as you know the authority on this issue. Brandon, thank you so much for the call. You, you bring up something interesting there uh, too, and it is uh, no harm done. Now, listen, I. I am very sensitive to, you know, taking care of the out of doors. I am one who goes trail running as much as I can, and it breaks my heart when I see discarded garbage. Uh, if I can, I'll pick it up and take it out with me. Uh, and and so I, we, we need to leave no trace. I do believe in that, right? Uh, take nothing but pictures, leave nothing but footprints. Is that what they taught me in Boy Scouts? Yeah, so I, I, I do understand and know that there were, and I believe I've seen some of the pictures that there were a number of vehicles driving on places where, you know, there weren't uh, roadways. Uh, there was maybe some trash left behind, maybe even some human waste, as we've heard. Uh, but if that is uh, your problem, if that is your gripe, do you take away from everyone this curiosity or do you maybe get your pals together? Why don't you direct traffic out there? Why don't you uh, get the types of bags that you see the roadside crews hauling around picking up garbage off the side of the road. Bring that out there and pick up the garbage. You know, there are ways to go about this uh, that don't take away from the rest of us this fun distraction. Adam from Kaysville is next up on the line. Adam, how are you? I'm good, and I am a proud Utah public lands owner, just as yourself, Lee. That's right. We're all in this together, right? Your land is your land, my land, that's it. 
Totally, and, and I just think it, it highlights a bigger issue here that I just hope we don't get copycats from this because people should not be installing these things on public lands. If you want to do art, go crazy. Go buy some land. Go, go do what you want to do. But as my good friend Jason Mitchell says, you know, you can't do this to public lands. It's not cute or fun. We don't need to TikTok public lands. That's, that's not what they're there for. And also, I'm, I'm totally against the painted rocks on the hiking trails. Get those out there. It, nature is as beautiful just as it is. So let, let me ask you this. This was an inappropriate act. The, the monolith should not have made its way into the desert the way, the way it was? Yeah, it shouldn't have made it on there. It's, it's a form of, you know, degrading public lands. Um, it, it, it didn't look like graffiti like we've seen right. in other places and so people may justify that, like, oh, it was very pretty, it was appealing. You know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't belong there. We shouldn't be doing that to public lands. And if it, if it happened other places or if people put up other fixtures, there would be uproars. And it just so happened that this was super out of the way. It was kind of mysterious. And people may think, like, oh, it's okay. It wasn't hurting anybody. Yeah. No, but what hurts people is when they go do that on Antelope Island or when they go do it in other state parks because they feel like it. Yeah. Uh, all right, Adam. Well, I'm grateful to you for the call. Uh, listen, I, I I don't disagree. I believe that there is you know statute that probably would uh, designate that to have been an illegal act. But with that said, listen, there, there, you know you, you can't look at what is it uh, with any degree of acceptance criminality or something like that. I read that someplace. Uh, you. you we can now look at it for what it is, and it was a welcome distraction uh, in a time where distraction is very, very welcome and needed. All right, so that's it. Uh, I'm going to wrap things up. If you want to weigh in still on this issue of the monolith and it being taken away, do you agree with the rationale presented by those who tore it down and took it away Friday night? Uh, whatever. Let me hear from you. Five seven five zero zero. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Some good, uh, some good texts have come in today. I'll share them with you uh, as we wrap up the program. We're going to take a break here. When we return, we'll be speaking with Shauna Peterson, co-chair of the Festival of Trees, uh, volunteer on the board there. Very much looking forward to this uh, conversation next up, uh, taking a look at the Festival of Trees ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin, and my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.